For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Got that out. They don't... Go all the way back, Larry. Don't be saving all that crap. You were going to put that on? People love the BS before oh, the show. God. I can do it again. You're I just love days like this back in school when the lights weren't. That's because you were out back. I'm not going with the word cozy. It is. I don't like cozy. Because you were out cozy. behind the gym smoking weed no, with the DJs. <laughs> Didn't even know what that was. This is Garage Logic Podcast 140. April 17, 2019, it was 88 degrees on this day in 1964 and 10 degrees on this day in 1875. I'm going to give you the ice out dates brought to you by Aquaside. White Bear, 1947, 1954, 1969, 1970, 1978, and 1989. What a popular day for ice outs. And here they are for Minnetonka. I love these ice outs. Yes, you do. 1914, 1915, 1920, 1922, 1939, and like White Bear, 1969, 1971, and like Bear, White Bear, 1978, and again like White Bear in 1989. And now, from the mayor's office, oh, shoot, we gotta do that again. On the east shore of Spoon Lake. Do we? It's Garage Logic. Well, how did that not get hurt? Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. Talking to the box, sir. Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. You're aware. We're facts. We're wondering about. I think there's a glitch. I every day I write down in my book what number it is. Yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to stir anything. In your diary? I sincerely think we're 139. <laughs> we were yesterday. I think that was one. I had uh, 138. 139 yesterday. <laughs> There's only one way to solve this. Mm-hmm. Count. We got Well, we should go to Friday's one, podcast. Two, three. And see what, what do we minute. call Friday. Oh, wait, no, okay. no, here. I can pull Where it up are you right going? here. No, I'll pull no. it up right here. Morons. Oh, uh, this is we, a- accuracy. I'm not trying to. Uh, so, what are you saying, Rick? Pull up Friday's pull show. Up Fridays, and then see what he um, right, calls Hauser. That was this the one, 12th. which was been the twelfth. All right, here we go. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 137. April 12, 2019. 83 was the record high on this day in Garage Logic in eight, I'm sorry, in 1968. Okay, so, right, so that was Friday. Friday was 137. Friday was 137. Yes. Monday was 138. Yes. Tuesday, 139. Yes. Today, 140. Okay, perfect. Then we're good. <laughs> Why did you stir this up like this? Oh, I don't know how I missed it. I wasn't trying to be funny. I was trying to be accurate. Right, right there. You don't trust your mayor? I do, um, but you have so can, many uh, ice out sunset numbers that I, I thought. Can maybe I just you'd... go right now? Yes. <laughs> go. You have something to say? Go ahead. Miss the muskrat talk from coming up later. Oh, I got to stick around for that. We have managed to power wash a hockey celebration. Huh? 
Winnipeg has street parties during the playoffs. They're called whiteout street parties. They attract thousands of fans downtown next to the building. But some of the people uh, find the image of throngs dressed head to toe all in white uh, is threatening. Come on. Among them is Alexa Potashnik, a founder of Black Space Winnipeg, a nonprofit organization that lobbies for safe spaces for Winnipeg's black community. She posted a message on the group's Facebook page ahead of the Jets' first game in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs, suggesting the name of the playoff party be changed. (laughs) Along with it, she posted an image and a caption. Have a look at these photos from past Jets' pandemonium fan appreciation. There are the four men all wearing white Jets outfits with pointed hoodies. Remind you of anything? I'm unaware of the hoodies. They're just Uh, hooded sweatshirts. Yeah. They have um, on the street. Uh, some are some people are wearing pandas. Some people have white. What do you mean a sweatsh- panda? Like a panda hat. At, I don't know what a panda hat is. Yeah, neither do it's I. It's somebody that has a a like a uh, a panda suit on. What a bear? Yeah, a panda bear. And they they took the head and because part of the whiteout would be. I just saw a picture of it up here earlier. The whiteout started back in 1987 huh? as Jets fans' response to the Calgary Flames sea of red during the playoffs. That was at a time when the Jets' home colors were white. Well, every team's home colors were white. That's now changed in hockey. Home teams in hockey are now wearing their darker jerseys. I get the color context 100%, but it's the culture we're talking about. It's the wording we're critiquing, Potashnik told the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's up-to-speed host is Malia Alpha, citing a headline that called for turning Winnipeg's downtown white again as playoffs return. This is triggering for people, for marginalized communities, whether that's black communities, indigenous people of color, folks with disabilities, queer communities. It impacts us all. Jeez. I I don't know how. She's she's power washed this. Now, you can't look at a a stadium full of fans in a specific color T-shirt and never think about it the same again because she's ruined it. You've got to. Stop looking for evil in every little thing. Well, that's, that's what power no, washers do. There's no way that's you can't live your life that way. This will be the ultimate test of pushing back, because well, if any organization is going to say, "Hey, come on," here. there are black people. Just let me get to the story. There are black people in Winnipeg pushing back. We're just saying, how can we make these parties so that everyone feels safe? Oh, Potashnik oh. lives downtown and has been to the parties, which she says can be fun, but she has also heard racial slurs and racist humor while walking through the crowds. Give her a we don't know that. I don't She's. I don't trust this woman. Uh, we don't know that. While there has been emphasis on security and ensuring people feel physically safe, she, she suggested more consideration should be given to emotional safety. And that means changing the culture and tone around the marketing of the event. Lady, I got news for you. There's nothing emotionally safe about a playoff hockey game. No. Why don't you, you should leave town. Yeah. They're not emotionally safe. No, for anyone. Okay. Um, Could we look at the screen here? What do you see? Who do you see celebrating in this whiteout picture? Drunken meatheads. Well, look at the Oh, there's a black dude. There's two black dudes right there. (laughs) There's another black dude. Yeah. Right in the middle of the whiteout, everybody's smiling, and they don't look afraid. Yes. Uh, I was in attendance last year for the Game 5 for Winnipeg against the Wild. Yeah. And outside of my hotel room, which was maybe three blocks from the arena, was this this very same celebration. Yeah. And I was hanging with two brothers. Right. And and It's Winnipeg. What else is there? It was so much fun, and they were having the time of their life. Yep. Wow. Because they knew they were going to crush the wild and go on to the next series, but 
you're going to get an ulcer and kill yourself. Stop looking for evil in every little Me thing. Me or this woman? This lady. Yeah. There's the panda hat, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Potashnik expected some backlash, but not to the extent she has received a lot of angry vitriol and many commenters suggesting she's hypocritical since her organization has the word black in it. Yeah, and if we push back, then we're racist. Others called the post ridiculous, stupid, a publicity stunt, a pathetic attempt at outrage, and a joke. At least one commenter said the post was creating the very thing Potashnik said she was trying to prevent, a rift. Well, Please, don't overreach. The struggle is real, but this isn't one of them. Black space, I am out, wrote someone who identifies themselves as a black Jamaican Canadian and proud Winnipegger. Okay. Uh, tucked among the horde of angry res- responses are some supporters, but very few. Thank you for speaking up. It can never hurt to try to be a bit more sensitive, at least about wording and how we carry and present ourselves. Good luck in your campaign. Uh, so then by their logic, we should just eliminate the color white or the word for the color white. We should change the name of the color. That's what I. That's the first thought I have. Well, I was going to do this. I'm not going to do this in sequence. I'm going to go to it right now. Because by that logic, that, that color isn't safe. And if this tradition has been going on since 1987, why is there not outrage in 2019? The team's been back. this is the world we live in now. Yeah. We're... Well, it's also interesting how news develops. This is a uh, crackpot in my estimation. Absolutely. I don't care if she's black, white, red, yellow, blue. She's a crackpot. She's a power washer. But she puts out a Facebook post. And because that got some responses, she's probably then called by the CBC and interviewed. Mm -hmm. And thus, you have a story. Mm -hmm. It's essentially a non-story. It's not a story. I got news for you. Winnipeg's not going to stop doing this celebration. No. It's Winnipeg. Nor should they. This is what the, this is their claim to fame. Mm-hmm. They're in the National Hockey League Stanley Cup playoffs. So how do we teach these kids in newsrooms the difference between news and re, uh, real news and, and this garbage? But they don't want they don't want the real news. They want this instant and controversial. This is the stuff that they're going for. They're creating it blows up. they're creating news out of thin air. They it's, want web clicks. It's all about web you're, clicks. You're right. It's about internet it's trolling. Mm-hmm. Well, I wasn't going to do this later, but I do it now because it fits. Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey alerted me to a uh, the College Diversity Office at Amherst College's off Amherst College Office of Diversity Inclusion has now released a forty page speech code, oh, and it's broken down by chapters. It's called the Common Language Guide. It's been emailed to roughly nineteen hundred undergrads. Broke down uh, in terms of uh, isms, race and ethnicity, gender identity, class, politics and policy, global power and inequality, and disability. This project emerged out of a need to come to a common and shared understanding of language in order to foster opportunities for community building and effective communication within and across difference that guide states. And uh, I didn't print the 40 pages, but I looked at it. it, The uh, document was obtained by the College Fix. And uh, it has uh, all of these chapters. And uh, Kelsey, uh, conveniently enough, provided a great quote from George Orwell. Don't you see that the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? In the end, we shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. Hmm. Every concept that can ever be needed will be expressed by exactly one word, with its meaning rigidly defined and all its subsidiary meanings rubbed out and forgotten. George Orwell in 1984, which is 
his eloquent way of saying what I've said. We're getting to the point where we won't be able to talk to each other. Yep. Yeah. A prediction you made years ago. Well, uh, Orwell stated it far more eloquently than I ever could. True. But, uh, well, you don't have to agree with me that fast. Okay. What, what <laughs> year? Well, yeah, you're a real thief is what you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when was 1984 published? Oh, uh, look it up, Rook. It was in the 60s, right? 61, uh, 2. And was it before or after Animal Farm? Might have even been in the 50s. Was it after Animal Farm? I don't know. Because I really love Animal Farm. But the point is, here here is a woman... Uh, Reavers, you you touched on this. It was published, uh, 1984 was published uh, in 1949. Wow, that's great foresight. Mm -hmm. Man, he saw it coming then. It's, it's, he's, do you think he's, what's, what's 1984 from today? How many years? 35. He, He was behind the curve 35 years. It's quite literally happening today. It wasn't happening to this extent 35 years ago. He's a little bit ahead of his time. Do you suppose wow. when he wrote this, I don't know anything about George other than these two books. Do you suppose when he wrote this, he thought this was outrageous thinking? Or did he actually have foresight and saw things going this way? I don't think he thought it was outrageous. He was a Brit and uh, very intuitive and saw this coming. He was too early by 35 years. But it's happening now. Here is a woman in Winnipeg who was able to get herself in the news for suggesting that revelers uh, of Winnipeg Jets hockey games, because they're dressed in white, that triggers and marginalizes different communities. Oh, my God. Okay, you just said it. Then the color white is going to become problematic. Yeah. And saying the word white is problematic, even though it's a surname for about 50 million people. So will the color black? I don't know. No, black would be protected. No, because I think it would be, oh, you're assigning that color to, something will come up where some kid's art project. Like Blackboard. Exactly. It's going to have a negative connotation in some way. Maybe I'll download the Amherst uh, speech guide. Why do that to yourself? I know. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to give myself an ulcer. Actually, no, you should do it for tomorrow's Positive Thursday show. No. No, that's the hardest show of the week to put together. By the way, Orwell published Animal Farm in 44. So uh, 84 followed it, huh? Yeah. 1984. Say I mentioned Aquaside earlier, and uh, you know this weather's going to turn. You want to get out onto the lake. You want the kids to go swimming, and you want your lakeshore weed-free. Aquaside has been helping people maintain nice lakeshores for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that will take care of everything from weeds to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for your family. So don't let the weeds overtake the swimming area. The kids hate that. They start screaming. They jump up onto the dock. You know what happens then? <laughs> then they get a sliver. Yep. Then they got to line up at night, and Mom's got to get a big needle and take the sliver out. Why? Because uh, of a weed. Right. It all started with a weed. <laughs> How can you avoid that? <laughs> you can avoid that with Aquaside pellets. Uh, you can call Aquaside at one 800 328-9350, that's 1-800-328-9350, or go to Aquaside.com. They've been killing lake weeds for 60 years. Hey, GLers, how would you like to hit the open road, see the country, and get paid to do it? Here's your chance. 
For over 100 years, Jefferson Lines has provided exceptional motor coach service, and they are looking to expand their driver network. Get behind the wheel and captain your passengers across Minnesota and throughout the Midwest. Jefferson Lines offers competitive pay, benefits, and a $1,500 signing bonus. Experience the freedom of the open road and the satisfaction of safely delivering your riders to their destinations. There's nobody I would trust more behind the wheel than a true GLer. Go to jeffersonlines.com and click on careers for more details. That's jeffersonlines.com and click careers to apply today. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I have been chastised as well as I should have been uh, for us. I will take the blame. Failing to mention that uh, University of Minnesota Duluth won the NCAA Hockey oh Championship. God, we haven't mentioned that That's yet. two years in a row, isn't it? Yeah. Fans gathered at the University of Minnesota Duluth Campus Gym last night to get a glimpse of the Bulldogs who captured their second consecutive men's D1 hockey title with a 3 nothing win over the University of Massachusetts. I wonder if the people there wore white. And was anybody triggered? Was Do they have a triggered? white jersey or did they just have the gold and maroon jersey? Well, jerseys? all teams have an away and a home. So they're, they're uh, in hockey... Uh, college hockey are, are the home team still wearing their their whites? I'm trying. Well, because I watched the game, and you know, congratulations, what? UND. The, the dog, the Bulldogs were wearing their white jerseys with the gold and the maroon trim mm-hmm. uh, when they beat UMass. That is really cool, though. Back to back champs for the Bulldogs. Okay, uh, I got a tough one here from Flip. What do you got, Joe? My uh, first, my eternal praise and thanks. I've been hooked since 1981. Uh, GLer since day one. Much credit to the Rook as well. Although I have absolutely no knack and have never tracked my CI, your views, your opinions, and your common sense have always hit the mark with me and people I respect and really all right-minded folk. Your time-tested themes of the mystery, the deterioration of moral and ethical integrity in the failed academy truly are at the heart of serious issues we loyal GLers must uh, face. But Joe, hear me out. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, you're going to get worse. Please consider retiring the occasional Cortex monitor moniker. Use you-know-who or simply her. Why? AOC's absurdity is evident for all to see. No need to pile on nor give residents of Liberal Lakes an easy reason to assail your unassailable bona fides. And with all due mayoral respect, it's not funny. Anyone else agree? Uh, I agree. You don't think it's funny? I don't, and I also... I don't care what you think. (laughs) (laughs) I like it a lot. And that's why why I haven't brought it up, because I know you don't, and there's a few other things you do that I don't like that I don't bring up. You know what, though? He makes... The emailer makes a good point. Why? She's such a buffoon on her own, we're almost sinking to her level by by calling her a name. Well, it came to us from Aiken. It came to us from Billy Stein's friend. A doctor. I learned uh, a long time ago with you, no matter how screwed up your judgment is, I'm going to trust it. Yeah. I, uh, at the risk of becoming a small sycophant, I think it's a great uh, idea the way you present AOC. Thanks, Rook. Yeah, occasional cortex. Alexandria, occasional cortex. I think it's fabulous. Genius. That's a good point, though. Are you guys going to start kissing? No. Wait, no. wait a minute. What do you smoochy, mean it's a good smoochy. point? I don't think he has a good no, point. No, I think I, he's got an excellent point. I do, too, actually. And uh, if you want, we can continue this because there's a few other things I don't think you should do. <laughs> okay, what? The LGBTQ thing. I don't think you should do that. Why? It's not funny, and it's semi-disrespectful. It's funny in the sense that with each passing month, there is a new gender. 
that's been released. And while we're on a roll wait, here, wait, again, as a uh, at the risk Rook, of, what do you think of small it? small sycophant, I uh, I still get pleasure out Thank of it. You. Uh, LGBTQ and the same holds true, although it's not as serious. The same holds tr- true for the uh, Boundary Waters Canoe Area, which you assign a whole bunch of different BWCABWABW. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. even though I'm laughing now, that's right. not funny. Well, see, you're laughing. So that's all I care about. <laughs> that's not uh, funny. For you, the just record, passed, you just passed my test. <laughs> for the, the record, get Kenny laughing? Yes, it did. Then the hell with you. But I don't bring these things up because you're my gravy train and i'm latched on so i don't bring it up i would consider the record just how are you i'm in on that one i would consider calling her something else but i think she's deserving of a nickname all right and and by the way that that this breaks a vow i made to myself today i was wanted to desperately get through this podcast without mentioning uh, the two principal Congress women who keep coming up. Yeah, uh, the, she, our own, made big, big news today. Well, she's making a lot of money, Kenny. She's raking in a lot of money. And what's concerning to me, Joe, is this money is coming from elsewhere. Of course. It's not coming from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are you saying? Uh, where is the headline? Um I feel like Such now, looking for my stuff. Oh, I've got plenty Sanders of Sanders right at home in Klobes country. No, that's not it. Oh, Omar's fundraising rises above House peers. She's leading uh, the House in fundraising. What was it, 850000 More than eight hundred grand, And it's coming from Mysterians all over the country. Yeah. It's not coming from the no. people she represents. Right. Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes dogs were a fixture of the medieval church, and monks and nuns habitually flouted rules prohibiting pets. Theirs were not the only dogs present in medieval religious life, and it seems that lay people bringing their dogs to church were not uncommon. Church leaders were unimpressed by this. In the 14th century, the Archbishop of York irritably observed that they impede the service and hinder the devotion of the nuns. None of this should suggest that medieval dogs had easy lives. Like humans of the Middle Ages, they suffered early deaths from disease or violence. And like the dogs of today, some of them had neglectful or abusive owners. The point being, the point being that, yes, there were animals in the churches, and that's why the the stone floors were still slanted. Uh, Oh, and Frat, by the way, Frat Aloni wanted to know, yes, they did sell those hoses. Uh, that you were talking about the collapsible ones. <laughs> you get the Fratelloni's. Uh, you got all the spring needs are in stock now at all the Fratelloni's Ace Hardware stores. One of the great partners of Garage Logic is the Fratelloni. Do you think he was licking his chops today, thinking, "Boy, if it was just 15 degrees colder, we'd have so, another foot and a half of snow outside." Those Catholics had the collapsible non-kink hoses. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and here, Jim Wolf writes, "Please find attached a few photos providing evidence that cows have been in a church and continue to be regular attendees." The third picture is that of a cow preparing to get baptized. So Kenny what? needs to get his facts what? straight. Always looking out for you, Jim Wolf in St. Paul. Is he provided this, me... This is in India. Come on. Oh, no, no. This was a picture of a cow in a lake walking towards a church, and that was a ch- cow getting <laughs> going to be baptized. And then the other two were a cow had escaped from a church, and uh, the uh, authorities were after it. Uh, was there any mention of uh, muskrats? No. What do you got? What are you doing, Reavers? Uh, you better take this phone call. Oh Uh-oh. no! Now what? Where? Hello. Uh, hey, it's Kelsey. Kelsey, the chief offsite correspondent. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Uh, are we uh, are we airing all our uh, pet peeves today? <laughs> I heard uh, Kenny was uh, 
already given you a hard time. He just texted me, so can we? Uh, I got a whole list here. All right, go ahead, sir. You're the chief offsite correspondent. Uh, ice outdates. Yeah, gotta go. <laughs> uh, this whole Spoon Lake crap. Uh, old house, pretty much, pretty much everything. But uh, and Rook's gotta go. Rook's, Rook's, he's, he's just kissing your ass, Joe. He's got, it's, he's gotta go. Yeah, you're right there, Terry. Kelsey. I'll just I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll email you my list, but uh, it might blow the hell out of the computer because it's about 72 megabytes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that means. Maybe you should be on the show, sir. Maybe you should just come in and you and uh, Sue should let me be. Add, let, get... me add Kenny to, let me add Kenny to the list, too. Let me... just, for, just for talking. Well, let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something, Kelsey. The ice uh, out dates are staying. They'll be over soon enough. Don't worry about it, pal. The ice-out dates are staying. They provide a continuity for the last 150 years. But do you have to do every single every one? Every day, and I love them. <laughs> okay, all right, ever, okay. Uh, I trust. If I ever get my hands on that stupid-ass sheet you have with all the numbers on them, uh, it's going to be followed up with a, uh, a paper shredder. I'm not just shredder right there in front of your face. Yeah. Kelsey, I do enjoy your contributions to the program. Hey, it's- hey, 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 I don't need any help. Okay. <laughs> I'm what are you becoming a sycophant like rookie? Shut up, Kenny. Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, dude. Thank you, uh, Chief. Re- Thank uh, you. Yeah, Reavers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for, thanks for taking my call. You got it, buddy. All right. Thank Reavers. you. Chief yeah. Offset Correspondent Kelsey. <laughs> I have never heard his voice before. Neither have I. He never calls. That's no. his first ever call. Well, he would call all the time. He just never would want to go on the air. Don writes, just a thought, just a thought. Uh, As a Catholic, not sure I could enjoy a garage opener at any meat market, much less a really good one on Good Friday. Forewarned is forearmed. This goes right back to my muskrat thing. I'm pretty sure Grundhoffer's does not serve muskrat. We'll get to that, but he's talking about we're going to have a garage door opener at Grundhoffer's old-fashioned meat market in Hugo right off Highway 61. Well, you know what? You don't have to eat while you're there. You know, you don't have to eat while you're. You're going to be missing out on 130 different flavors of brats well, and double smoked hams stick. and beef sticks yes. and chicken sticks and steaks and whatever you want. They custom cut everything you want. Bacon. You know what steaks. I'm going to ask him Saturday when I go pick up my uh, double smoked ham that yeah. I ordered. Yeah. If he will indeed do that custom burger mix. Of course he will. I dare you. Spencer Grunhofer, not only will do it, he'll tell you why you're too stupid to do it. Right. I dare you to make it all the way home without opening up that package of ham and eating half of it. I'm bringing a knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah Remember, amazing. the grilling season is only getting underway. The yes. grilling season is only getting underway now. And I'm very serious about you serious grillers. Pick out uh, whatever brackets you want on 130 different flavors of brats and go at it. Have a summer-long competition. These are the best. These are lean pork brats. You don't boil these things to get the fat off them because there isn't any fat on them. This isn't the stuff sitting in a frozen tray in the grocery store that was brought in here in somebody's 1958 Chevrolet. (laughs) This is is homemade right there. I'm having blue cheese and green olive brats. Mm, mm, Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's what's for dinner. And we should mention, too, by the way, the garage door opener will be at Grunhofer's. Date yet to be decided because we have to look at the forecast, but we are going to Grunhofer's. Grunhofer'sMeatMarket.com. So, Don, uh, I don't know what to, uh, I don't know how to appease your Catholicism. I'm not, I, I, I realize it's one of the rules of the church to not eat meat on Friday and Lent. I personally think it's a bunch of voodoo. 
uh-huh. uh, because the Pope in the Middle Ages had a couple of brothers in the fishing business. He was trying to throw them a little taste, so he, he figured if I can get everybody to eat fish on Friday, Boom. my brothers will be taken right. care of. Tuna fish really? sandwich on Friday is, is it not really that shifty? Oh, yeah. Plus, plus, <laughs> at my age, I don't have to adhere to the rule anyway anymore. Plus, here's the other thing I've always thought, as long as you got me ranting What's about the... good on, on Friday. Okay. I grew up eating the eating the fish sticks, which was stuff swept off some sort of fish right. factory right. floor. Right. You know, yeah. that was really right. some dreadful stuff. Right. Uh, but I grew into a great lover of seafood. It is hardly a sacrifice for me to not eat meat on Friday. I've cut down my meat consumption 80% over the last 10 years. I could eat 10 lobsters in one sitting. Well, I tried to slide you by that uh, fast food joint on a Friday and said, how about we get a couple of fish sandwiches? And you said, I'm not going to eat well, a bleeping <laughs> bullhead sandwich. <laughs> so what's the letter writer's name? Uh, Jim, Dan, Bill, Don. Steve? Don. Don. He should know, as a Catholic, you guys can buy your way out of all sins. Yeah, you just throw a ten well, spot not, in the kitty I'm and sure let's have some steak. Yeah, and it's good. I'm You're not all sure good. you can buy your way out of sins, Kenny. That's it's called reparation. Indulgences. Yeah, indulgences. Planetary indulgences. Plenary indulgences. Plenary. Plenary. Mm-hmm. Just buy what your I say way planetary? out of That's what global warming is. It's a plenary indulgence. Yeah. We're gonna, the government's going to solve it by taxing you. Then if we trade. tax you enough, you go ahead and burn the coal. What does that do for the environment? Nothing. Nothing. Well, I mean... It doesn't change anything. Nothing. Uh, here's a guy, Tim, who wants us. Hey, would we we're going to do two state fair shows, or can't we announce that yet? Uh, Whoopsie. Let's not announce. Whoop. Yeah, well, plans just are underway. <laughs> well, in the event we did, yes, do two state fair shows, <laughs> yeah. we would still have some of our traditional guests. Yes. And Tim has a oh, would hope that if we do a fair show or two, okay, I need to write something. Okay, down. that we get the Honey Princess, the Honey Queen. Oh, yeah. They're always available. A 29-year-old Taiwan woman had no idea why her eye was swollen shut. She was in unbearable pain and could not stop tearing. When a doctor looked at her eye through a microscope, he saw insect legs wiggling from one of her eye sockets. Oh, no. It turns out she had four bees living in her eyes. Oh, God. Feeding, feeding off her tears. No. If you are returning to the State Fair, this should go into your State Fair file. I would love to hear what the Honey Queen has to say what about this. What in the hell is Wouldn't wrong Wouldn't that be you? a great question for the Honey Queen? Well, she'd probably be Put that in your Fair file in the event right. we have a Fair right, file. A fair we don't file. know yet. I, I didn't mean to be wow. premature. Four We're going to have that yeah. uh, the dairy plumper, right? Well, what do you say? The Pony Princess, what do you think about that? Yeah, she's going I'd, I'd figure out a way. I'd she's going to she's gonna find a way to defend bees. Line up the Dairy Queen, too. The Dairy, uh, the dairy oh, Lady. Oh, yeah, because you lady. want the uh, yeah. malt. Yeah, yeah, she's my people. Uh, the Big por- John. Big John, our buddy Big John, who's rarely missed a he'll, live performance of Garage Logic. He'll be at the State Fair. Well, we don't know we're there yet. Oh. Ingy, just go wait. We're over by Yield Mill. Uh, John Vogel, John writes, I have been informed that I will be going to Kansas City on Friday. Rats, I'm sure if you have an opener event, it will be fun, and I will miss it. I look forward to your next foray among we the unwashed, and will do whatever I can to attend. Uh, and he notes that Monday he had, uh, on Monday the 15th, he had cataract surgery. 
And today the world seems much better and clearer, but it is also my 72nd birthday. I know you don't mention such things, but I always would call in and tell Joe that April 16 is Lou Alcindor's birthday. He wrote this yesterday. Oh. And we were born on the same day, not just date, the way I'd get my own mention. See you all again, Big John. I don't think you're going to miss anything, Big John. But we don't do birthdays. No. Right. But I don't, uh, Lou Alcindor, who became, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. Right. What high school did he attend in New York City? For 10 points. PS 128. Oh. St. Uh, You're on the right track with the Saint. Yeah. Who I, was your, he I went do to a Catholic this. Power Memorial Catholic. Really? Mm-hmm. He was he, a seed? Mm-hmm. So, did, uh, so did LeBron went to a Catholic high school. He Couldn't went recruit him. He went to St. Mary's in uh, Akron, Ohio. Did he? Yes. Yep. And uh, uh, when he was still Lou Elsinder, uh, Lou went to Power Memorial Academy. That's good recruiting by the Catholics. Mm-hmm. He didn't start in the NBA, though, did he? What was the other He played league? at UCLA. No, not his college. Oh. What, what did he do after college? Did he go right to the NBA? Yes. Okay. Course. Yeah. Of course. Right. He's probably He's, a top draft choice. He started with the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. then went to the Lakers. Huh? Where did Randy right. Brewer go to high school? Lake Prior City. Lake. Lake City. Lake City. Prior Lake. Lake City. Prior Lake. Want to bet $100? <laughs> Randy who? Randy Brewer. Brewer, who I once... I was he was in a, thinking Randy Smith. I was, I was in an elevator with Randy Brewer and two of my kids, and I think Matthew uh, said, to, or McLaren said to him, "Why are you so tall?" And he looked down and he said, "Why is your dad so small?" <laughs> we have a listener in Nova Scotia, Sam Hill, who has a very odd, uh, very odd note here. I just wanted to let you know one of my favorite things to do if I'm caught up on the podcast is to go back and listen to old episodes, but I do it on one half speed. It's fantastic. It's one of the best things about podcasts. It's fun to see who sounds the most drunk out of all you morons. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> That's easily How do you do that? Can you do that? You can yes. do speeds on double speed, mm-hmm. time and a half, or regular speed. Well, that's basically when we switch to podcast form outside of. What time can I listen to the podcast? Because people were so accustomed to us doing the show every day at 1 o'clock. And I said, it, it, it's a podcast. You can listen to it whenever you want as soon as it's posted. That was the other question I would get the most often is, how come you guys all sound wasted? It's because well, their speed was, wasn't was adjusted yet on their uh, And I assure you that we're not. No. It's well, really fun to go back and listen to... Um, maybe you are. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> it's really Just fun to go back and listen to... Table talk with Rookie's family at uh, one and a half speeds. There was a new episode out last Monday. Really? Yeah. And that's gaining. You know what? If you're all caught up with your Garage Logic podcasts <laughs> and you can't get enough, listen to Table Talk with Rookie's family on uh, podcast one and that podcast. One more note on the animals in churches. Bill Stein re, uh, notes that one time uh, we spent Holy Week in Haiti. He always did a lot of charitable dental work yes. in Haiti. On Easter Sunday, all the people processed uh, processed in carrying the fruits of their labors, kind of like Thanksgiving. Sugar cane, various fruits, corn, millet, and, of course, animals. Mm-hmm. Sheep, goats, chickens, and even one lady with a turkey on her head. Huh. That turkey was proud to be there. You could tell all the animals behaved themselves perfectly, and they were taken out before the consecration. As I recall, it was a simple concrete slab with no trough in the middle. Well, that's because that was probably a new church that Stein was in. If that had been a Middle Ages church, it would have had the slanted stone floors. That's how you tell. Answer for everything. The slanted stone. We're going to come back, and you're going to have to unfortunately play uh, Kenny's theme song. (laughs) 
A beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Actually, the best lawn you'll ever see is guaranteed by clicking ProfessionalTurf.com. And the way it goes down is really so simple. Click that link, schedule a free lawn care estimate, have a seasoned pro, a pro-turf pro, stop by that estate and set up a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed-killing program that will have your lawn looking luscious and luxurious from now until late fall. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. This portion of the Garage Logic podcast brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Sushue. Detroit area. Boy, there's a lot of Catholicism in the news, isn't there? Holy week, bro. That's true. What are we? Holy Wednesday. We're not... We don't really do anything. Wednesday. Detroit area Roman Catholics have one more dining option during Lent than most other followers of the faith. The culinary appeal of that item, however, is up for debate. Debate. The long-standing permission allows local Catholics to eat muskrat, a furry marsh-dwelling oh, rodent native no. to the area, on days of abstinence, including Fridays of Lent, according to the Archdiocese of Detroit. The custom dates to the region's missionary history in the 1700s and is as especially prevalent in the communities along the Detroit River. Missionary priests <laughs> realized that food was especially scarce in the region by the time Lent came around and did not want to burden Catholics unreasonably by denying them one of the few readily available sources of nutrition, <laughs> however unappetizing it might be. Jeez. What uh, kind of trade-off is said this? <laughs> Edward Peters, an expert on canon law who was on the faculty of Sacred Heart Major <laughs> Seminary in Detroit. The Reverend Tim LeBeau grew up in the area of Michigan where the practice has long been a tradition and recalls sitting down for muskrat at dinners with his grandfather. <laughs> I don't know if I enjoy more eating the muskrat or watching people try it for the first time because it doesn't look in any way appetizing, said LeBeau, oh. dean of studies at Sacred Heart. LeBeau said some people describe it as tasting like duck, but he disagrees. No, I think muskrat tastes like muskrat, and I don't think I can compare it to anything else. <laughs> Muskrats eat mostly plants and vegetation, including their tails. The critters are, they eat their own tail. Oh, wait, including their tails, I missed the period, including their tails, the critters are about 20 to 25 inches long and weigh between two and five pounds. Periods are important. They they? are. (laughs) LeBeau said he enjoys the taste of the furry rodent despite its appearance, uh, recalled a line attributed to the late Bishop Kenneth Povish, the one-time head of the Lansing Diocese. Anybody that eats muskrat is doing an act of penance worthy of the greatest of saints. (laughs) I know critters love muskrats. There isn't a critter on the earth that won't devour a muskrat in one sitting. Well, are they so slow that others catch them or what? But they're just... Hey, y'all. There it is. Here's Kenny with news from the crappy car I happen to know quite a bit about muskrats. They're they're a disgusting little animal. I mean, they're gross. We call them rats for a reason. Well, they they gnaw at ropes. They're water rats. And they'll eat your uh, ropes in your boat, and they'll make themselves... How do you know so much about muskrats? I trapped them when I was a kid. Yeah, everybody did. Wait a minute, Joe. Yeah. Hey, y'all. It's Joe. (laughs) Here's Kenny. As disturbing as that is, and what kind of trade-off, by the way, before I go into my rant, what kind of trade-off is that where 
you can't eat meat on Friday unless it's a muskrat. muskrat. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you see on the church signs uh, around the Detroit area, join us for Friday night muskrat, <laughs> muskrat, muskrat feed. It's a muskrat feed. Muskrat right. enchiladas. Forget the fish fries. We got a muskrat feed. It's kind of like the old days when you ask your dad, can I take the car and go out tonight? Yep, you sure can, son. But first you have to re-roof the house. Yeah. <laughs> I know several members of the uh, St. Paul Church Nativity of Our Lord Men's Club yeah. that might try to cook muskrat just to have them okay, come in Friday. Okay, I've got to tell you guys this. Jesus. So uh, I haven't told anybody this, at least not on the air, but I spent last fall um, what we like to call toe-pinching. I was going at it pretty hard. Toe-pinching? Yeah. I don't I, know what that is. I was trapping. Okay. Hey, y'all. <laughs> And I, I had great success, but what I found disturbing, uh, in the middle of last season, I'm talking to one of the locals up there, and he's telling me about old Billy Bob, a 91-year-old who lives a piece down the road. Yep. And he's trapping raccoons, and he's skinning these coons out, throwing away the fur, and then he's gutting them <laughs> like a deer, and then butchering them, carving up the meat, putting it in the freezer, bringing it to the Twin Cities, and selling it for food. Are there are there, are there ethnic uh, communities that like that meat? And we and you know how people are in rural areas. We went down, you know, and he doesn't know. He just thinks, sir, never mind that. Uh, but we figured out who it is, and we think we know what ethnics are eating it. Yeah, but what ethnicities? Not ethnics. From his description, Somalians. Really, but I don't know this to be fact. Well, and maybe I, it's a delicacy. I've never had it. And where do you even go? Is this black market raccoon, or is can you go down to the farmers market? But this guy is making serious coin. Well, then he's taking it to some store that caters to the various groups that would happen to love raccoon. Meat. Well, as a frequent uh, visitor to the Minneapolis Farmer's Market, you I ever, don't see a lot of... You don't see raccoons piled up on ice? No, and I don't see a lot of Somalis, you know, uh, at the market. Right. Uh, unless this changes. I wonder, maybe the Midtown Global Market or something like that? Yeah, it could be. It doesn't sound any better to me than Muskrat would be. He's the only guy that's trapping that's making any money because fur prices are so good. I'm not eating any animal that I see peering out of a sewer. <laughs> well, the city one, that city meat's tough. It's a lot but, tougher than the uh, you know, tender. A, a lot of guys that live up on the Yukon in Alaska and out in the bush, they eat, and I'm not this, I don't mean this to be a double entendre, uh, but they eat beaver and they eat a lot of beaver. Well, it's probably good. They say it is. Yeah, and, I mean, plus when you're out there... You know, what are you going to do? What and suits. Any port in the storm. That's what I'm saying. Harbor of Refuge. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't mean it to go down this no, road. No, we're keeping well, what, it above. What road did you think, think it was going to go? got to go down the but one. Suits, uh, right. Don't, what, don't single out suits here. I, what right. am I doing? A beaver is just a big muskrat. Well, it's a big muskrat. It's got to taste the same. I would think so, and I I, uh, I will not partake. But I, I really do think it would be a fun newspaper column for somebody in Detroit. Maybe they've done it. 
to go to a muskrat feed at the local church. Hell yeah. I think that would be hilarious. How do you prepare it? I mean, I do you prepare it like duck? Do you? I'd have to cook it like a well hockey done. puck. He's well, and I might agree with you on this point. Yeah. I say you marinate it in cucumins and then wrap it in bacon, throw it on the grill, two minutes per side, and you're done. Just it, It's got to be a little bloody when, little you, when, you, when you eat it. Oh, well, I don't think okay. I can have lunch. I didn't have lunch yet today. <laughs> you know what? Screw that. I'm going to Grunhoffers. <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with the, the tried and true Grunhoffers old-fashioned meat This is the market. first time I've learned this. You Catholics are Ugh. such nuts. Muskrat. No. <laughs> yeah. no. I'm not, I told you, I'm not terribly orthodox when it comes to the meat on Friday. Well, no sacrifice. It would be, actually, I would be sacrificing to eat a steak on Friday. That would be a sacrifice. Yeah, because you're not a steak eater. For me, I I blow it out of the water. I I don't keep kosher on that, but uh, I don't think that's... Fellas, this country was founded by people that ate horse and dog regularly. Well, that's the way it goes. They kept dogs around, so when they had company over, they could, like, cutting off a chicken's head. What do you think? they Go up to the hen house and grab a couple of chickens. Why do you think those animals ended up in church so often? Go out to the kennel and grab a spaniel in a lab. Timmy, you don't have to feed Bailey and Rover anymore. (laughs) The Johnsons are coming over tonight. Jeez. God. I don't like to think about that stuff. Did you hear about the St. Paul homeowner who shot the uh, kid? I yeah, did. What is this story? Yeah, the the, the St. Paul police say the homeowner involved in a shooting Tuesday morning yesterday has been arrested. A release said one person identified as the alleged driver of a stolen vehicle suffered non-life-threatening injuries in the incident which followed a crash involving the vehicle that had been stolen. The release said officers were on patrol around 10 a.m. when they attempted to stop the vehicle near the intersection of Forest Street and Case Avenue East. The vehicle then allegedly fled, causing officers to lose sight of it. A short time later, officers were alerted to a crash at the intersection of Payne and Jenks, involving the stolen vehicle and another car. Upon arriving on the scene, they were told by witnesses that more than one person had fled on foot from the suspect vehicle. One of those residents reportedly ran into a neighborhood to the north and east uh, scene of the crash. When officers converged on that area, the release said they heard several gunshots. Uh, an adult male suffering from gunshots was uh, found lying in the yard of a home on Cook. Another adult armed with a handgun was found with the wounded suspect. The release said the man identified himself as the homeowner. He was reportedly cooperative with officers on the scene, and the scene was secured. The man shot was reportedly identified as not only the driver of the stolen vehicle, but as a man wanted by St. Paul police in a separate auto theft investigation. Hmm. Uh, police said Tuesday night that the homeowner, 36-year-old Vincent Trotter, was booked in jail on suspicion of aggravated assault. The incident Tuesday remains under investigation. Reporting isn't what it used to be. I have a number of questions. Yeah, as do I. Uh, did, the, uh, did the fellow who shot this car thief, did he know there was a, a car theft? Well, no. Did you see the sign he had in his uh, window? Yeah. Trespassers will be shot, Ooh. and if you if you survive that, you'll be shot again. Yeah. Something like that. Violators Jesus. will be shot. Survivors will be shot again. You don't get to shoot somebody in your yard. Yeah. No, not um, even close. You don't get to shoot somebody in your yard. It, it, What's this guy going to claim? Yeah, this is really... Uh... It's difficult because unless this guy was trying to break into this guy's house, I don't That's think the he, only. Yep, you're right. He doesn't have a leg to stand. Even on. Even then, he had better successfully break in. Right. 
your life has to right. be. You have to be scared. If you don't get to shoot life. people in checking, your yard. If he's checking doorknobs and it was locked and didn't get in and then maybe went down the stairs and was walking through the yard, no. you still can't. No. Because we had the case of the uh, the kid that was trying to get to his girlfriend's apartment. I, I forget what city it was. It wasn't that long ago, maybe a week or two ago. He was trying to get to his girlfriend's apartment. He was trying to get into the wrong door. Oh, I remember that. And the guy shot him. And it's, he wasn't breaking into your apartment. He was he was still in the hallway. Well, even if this shooter knew that the fellow he shot was somehow involved in a car theft, did he think he was doing the cops a favor? Exactly. Yeah. Because you're not doing the cops a no, favor. You're creating no, the even... cops aren't going to shoot him. And as a avid gun lover, mm-hmm. uh, you're not doing me any favors, pal. No. Keep that thing in the holster. Jeez. Oh. Do you see the car's owner, 28-year-old St. Paul man, left the vehicle running with the keys in the ignition at a gas station? Well, you're begging for it to be ripped off. Yep. But you can't shoot people in your yard. Yeah. If if that's the case, you're right back to the Wild West. Yeah, and that sign is also not doing the gun lobby any any favors either. No. That's just redneck. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And not in the fun way. I don't know what he faces. I would imagine he faces a great deal of uh, uh, problems coming up ahead for himself. Yeah, the thirty, the uh, the suspect though, he is a bad guy. Yeah, that's true. But you don't get to shoot him. Right. Yeah. I don't care what kind of guy he is. Right. Now, if he was the guy who threw the kid over the Mall of America railing, I can see taking a few shots. Sure. At now him, I'm you know? listening. But now I'm I'm trying to you know make a moral issue out of it. Yeah. Say, uh, we got to talk about uh, 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 charitable giving. Among the lefties. Oh. When we come back. I, I think I know what you're going to talk about. All right. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Podcast 140. Confirmed. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm upset that you doubted me. I don't know. How you know what it. though? I'm going to give Rook credit. You're paying attention. You were, you were tracking. You were wrong. Well, I was but wrong. You were paying yeah, attention. Right. Thank you. After that. Notre Dame's disastrous fire Monday, one big question was what sort of insurance policy could possibly be a backstop to help rebuild the 856 year old world landmark. They didn't have insurance. Oh, my no. God. You can't. How would you insure no. that? They could have called Federated. Oh, I didn't thought of that. The Vaughan Cathedral has no insurance, a spokesman for the French consulate in New York told MarketWatch. France owns Notre Dame, just like it owns all religious buildings erected before 1905. Oh. The French state is self-insured for Notre Dame. It has no insurance. It is supposed to cover its own costs. Oh. Uh, spokesman Paul Goodell said he noted the French state is charged with maintenance and renovation of the buildings, which it lends to the church for free. While France <clears throat> might technically be on the hook, it, it's hardly the case that the country will have to drum up funds alone. French banks and billionaires have pledged massive sums for the rebuilding effort in online. Hundreds of GoFundMe campaigns have also sprouted to raise money. A GoFundMe spokesman said as of Tuesday afternoon... $790 million had been pledged, the Wall Street Journal reported. The repair costs have been estimated to be somewhere in the range of 8 
billion dollars. Oh, they'll pay it off. These, uh, like you said, these billionaires are getting into a contest to see who can donate the most. That's right? pretty cool. With, with the brick, uh, have their name on the, uh, yeah, the it was, tree. It's, of, it's pretty cool. It's very I mean, positive. Yeah, what I mean, guys are hope. they're stepping forward and saying, "Yeah, I'll throw two hundred mil." At what did it. you say, Joe? Seven ninety. Seven hundred ninety million have been pledged so far, but they need eight billion. Now that, that might be a little steep for Federated. I don't know if they want to get into the business of helping a state insure a building. They're more they'd rather cons- help you. They're more concerned about helping your business thrive. They uh, offer property and casualty life and disability income insurance to businesses in select industries. Their marketing representatives get to know you, the owner, how your business works, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. You won't be left high and dry. They'll take care of your driving needs with auto liability. Worried about a cyber attack? Look at the headlines. You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Because at Federated, Owatonna, Minnesota's own Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Beto O'Rourke was asked why he didn't donate much to charity. Point, uh, 0.3% of his income. What's that? Three-tenths of a percent of his income. Yes. You know what his answer was? Because I'm making the sacrifice of running for president. <laughs> <laughs> these these, these, these people awesome. are nuts. These people are it's nuts. It's completely insane. What are you foghorning? Just that stupid comment. Oh, yeah. Just everything about that. Because I'm running. Oh, <laughs> praise you, praise you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, great beta. Recent analysis of tax documents from 2020 Democratic presidential candidates puts O'Rourke at the bottom of the list of uh, Democratic donors to charity. In fact, or the O'Rourke's reported donating only $1,166 out of $370,412 income in 2017. That's 0.3%. I don't make you that. You cheap person. I don't make that kind of money, but I've given more to charity last year than he did. When asked about the paltry percentage at a recent campaign event in Virginia, the Texas Democrat countered by saying that he gives in ways that can't be quantified, like running for president. (laughs) I do my best to contribute to the success of my community, my state, and now my country. There are ways that I do this uh, that are measurable, and there are ways that I do this that are immeasurable. That sounds like he has a little uh, kind of a divine complex. Yeah, totally. You know? Absolutely. I'm the I'm God here to save you. I it's, really hey, believe Hey, B as in B, you phony. What he just said, though, sounds like what all Americans should be doing just uh, during the course of a day without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. In the uh, uh, just for reference, the idea of sacrificing everything is typically invoked when someone gives their life for a cause, such as dying in combat or uh, in the line of duty as a first responder, or when they've been a martyr for their faith. It's not a phrase typically heard or expected when discussing the uh, various inconveniences of going around the United States on campaign stops in a bid to take over the Oval Office. You phony O'Rourke, you and your phony name and your phony... It's just all so slimy and shifty and gross. The 2020 Democrats want to take more of your money to help less fortunate, but how much do they give? Mm, Not a whole lot. Uh, Washington Governor Jay Inslee and his wife gave 4.1%. I don't have his income. Elizabeth Warren and her husband gave 5.5%, and they're the most charitable of the the 30 or 40,000 Democrats who are running for president. 
I don't know what the, what the, what. Let's say their income was uh, five hundred thousand combined. What's five percent of five hundred thousand? That'd be twenty five thousand. Mm-hmm. Well, other than tithing ten percent at church, what are you supposed to give? I mean, we give what we can afford. It's just as simple as that, right? Bernie Sanders and his wife gave three point four percent, and he's a confirmed millionaire. What's three percent of a million? That'd be th- 30, 300,000. No, that's, no, that's no, not right. thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Hell, no. thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. <laughs> what, what are you asking us, math questions? Boy, for? Boy, I'm stupid? usually decent at this, but yeah, thirty thousand. <laughs> Kirsten Gillibrand and her husband gave just less than two percent. So did Amy Klobuchar. Huh. But this has been noted throughout yes. history. That our, we got to give Amy a pass because clearly she can't afford utensils. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's she right. has to use a comb. The uh, uh, remember uh, lefties. Uh, well, and Gore didn't ever give any money to charity. No. Lefties don't give money to charity. Generally speaking, I'm sure there are tremendously charitable lefties. Yes, I Gates. don't know any personally. Bill and Melinda Gates are, but even yeah, they get those two get criticized for where they do give money, even though they give. Millions, right? Yes, the you're left, right. their own side, the left comes out and criticizes them for where they direct their money. Kamala Harris gave one point four percent of her income to charity, but did but did not report a cent of giving during her first three years as California's Attorney General. Beto O'Rourke and his wife gave point three percent. We still haven't seen tax returns from Cory Booker and Pete Buttigieg. So we don't know what they're they're about to be. Do you think is this one of the reasons why the president doesn't want his tax returns released? Because he's giving so much to charity. Well, wouldn't that be? <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't that be amazing if we found out he gave eighty percent? Which per, I don't think per, is what, do you, what do you make he of that? Be able to, what do you per, make of that? Perspective front runner and former Vice President Joe Biden hasn't yet said whether or not he'll run for president this time around. But he too has been criticized for his low rates of charitable giving, both in 2008 and 2012. Uh, the New York Times analysis found that Republicans tend to give more to charity than Democrats across the country. A 2013 study from the Chronicle of Philanthropy saw similar findings in contrasting the giving levels of blue and red states. We don't know about Trump because he has not released his tax returns. Yeah, and how do you feel about that? What, what's your public stance on Trump not releasing his returns? Well, he's not he's not legally compelled to. I, I would be as fascinated as the next American to, to wonder if he's, A, if he's as rich as he says he is, and B, if he gives any money to charity. Would you? Would I what? Release your, let me see your return. I'm not showing it to you. <laughs> but if I was running, I, I would have nothing to hide. I'd be glad to show it to people. I have no. I don't. Uh, I, mine's not very complicated. Yeah. Pay. Well, earn. No. Pay. Pay. As we learned <laughs> from one of your columns, it's it's the CP. Yeah, I'm, she's apparently independently well. There's <laughs> right. So what are you? Right. There's just this one little factor that I live by my life by. It's none of your damn business. Yep. Go away. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Mm-hmm. I pay enough already. You're dumb. <laughs> it becomes uh, it becomes germane though when all of these socialists are clamoring to give away your money. Right. Okay, put your money where your mouth is, Bernie and Beto and Kamala and the comes rest back, of fruitcake. Comes back to that campus reform video we watched where that guy went around FIU. What, oh, it was Florida, Inter- Florida International University, and the guy was asking students if they believed in socialism, and they all loved it. And he said, okay, what if it came to yeah. your grades? 
and you had a you had a 4.0 grade point average, are you willing to give some of that average to people with a 2.0? And they all said, well, no, I work for this. I earned right? that. Well, right. what do you think people do for their money? And one of them said, well, they just they they just are given that money by trust funds and whatnot. Oh, the, the percentage of people living like that is oh. infinitesimal. Mm-hmm. Oh. But anyway, uh, it's germane. I agree, Kenny. It's a stay out of my... You know, it's a crabby coffee shop yeah, question. Yeah. Stay out of my business. It's none of your business. But they've made it their business. They've made a pledge to uh, redistribute wealth. They've made a pledge to redistribute income. They've made a pledge to have living wages. They made a pledge for this and that and the other thing. Okay, then what are you doing? Yeah. Well, it turns out they don't do much. Mm-hmm. Now, now that, that's either because they're just, well, see, Mysterians don't like people. So what the hell is going to compel them to write a check to, to the right. Salvation Army? They don't like people. Maybe or, they or, going to church. Or, or they uh, so strongly believe that the government should be the source of that giving that that's why they campaign that way. Or is it like our guy from Texas who just simply thinks that uh, him just being alive and doing what he's doing mm-hmm. is anointed enough. One. Mm-hmm. He's enough. Amy uh, thinks she's... Doing enough. She's doing the Lord's work. She hasn't said that, but... I wonder if it's possible to find the numbers, maybe it is, to see if the government with their programs are more efficient or the private charities, the the, the, the percentage of giving. I'm I'm sure private charities are more efficient. How funny would it be if one of those people were asked and they said, well, I give enough to the government. You know, every year I'm paying in, you know, 30% of my income, in some cases 40%. I enjoy a lot of uh, public television's broadcasting, yeah. but I don't give them a dime because I pay taxes. They're yeah. already getting some of my money. Mm-hmm. Plus, right. uh, why should I pay a competitor? Right, right. Even when your good friend Don Shelby's up there begging for cash, to I don't pay any two, attention two, four, to Don. 50, no, no you go ahead and beg, Don. I'm not, <laughs> I pay taxes, and I think it's unconscionable that. Uh, well, what if there's a tire? There's a tire store in University Avenue. Yep, Joe's Tire Store. Mm-hmm. And then six blocks down is the state tire store. They're getting subsidized by Joe's paying taxes. It's not fair. It's not competitive. My fa- NPR's got a better newsroom than the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Right. The hell with them. I'm My not father-in-law was in the asphalt business yeah. and had to compete against you know, the state doing their own, the city doing their own stuff, as opposed to hiring out an asphalt company. Okay, let me ask you one more question. Would you take a job? At TPT or NPR? No. Right. I don't I don't have any desire to. Never they, have. If you were 40 years younger? No. They pay well? They've got great benefits? Uh, that's this, a stupid question. And, and, it's a stupid question. And like you said, they've got the best newsroom in the state. Well, they didn't 40 years ago. Newspapers were real. I would much rather have worked for a newspaper. You're, you're, you're a real politician. You're sidestepping this question. I'm not sidestepping anything. Oh, I have no. I, I've been. I I've had a very long career with Hubbard Broadcasting. Why in the hell would I want to go to NPR? Because you just got fired. I'm not. Here I am. I'm broadcasting. Uh, just so you know, I, I'm usually accused of being a sycophant, but uh, Joe and I do differ on this one. <laughs> yes. yes, do I. <laughs> okay. She We're calls. Off. I'm gone. <laughs> well, fine. I'll be sitting in here by myself. I'm still waiting for you to call my freeloader <laughs> commies go over there to that MPR. Yep. And I hate when the building shakes when that stupid train goes by and disturbs us. <laughs> She's a hell of a journalist, and I'd love to work with her. <laughs> Who, Kathy? Yeah, I was going to bring any names. Of course up. she is. Might see you at Patrick's uh, induction. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. 
You cheap, <laughs> yep. commie, Marxist, socialist. Yep. <laughs> write some checks to people. Help actually, people out. I actually do every month, and now I'm, I'm going to have to ask you off the air if what I, I think what I'm doing might be charitable, but I'm not sure. Oh, charity, charity, charity. I told you. I go to about six or seven of these charity events a year where yeah. you end up paying a lot of money because they have such great right. uh, silent, silent auction uh, items that are just incredible. You know who puts those on or who can put them on for you? Big-time sports auctions. Plus, you can get to them for gifts. Father's Day is coming up. All kinds oh, of interesting. Purple uh, people leaders, old Vikings. So we had these guys. I did the Brewers Ball a couple of weeks ago at the International Market Square. They had three items from BTS Sports Auctions. I'm talking about a group that puts together the customized package for your event. There's no money out of your pocket. Big Time Sports keeps a portion of the proceeds, and your organization keeps the rest. They do everything. They'll put together the package, whether it's Vikings, Twins, Wild Packers, you name it. They bring the items to the event. They set everything up, including the bid sheets. They pick up the unsold items after the event. You don't do a thing except take credit for a great event. Big-time sports auctions works with all kinds of groups and events, booster clubs, churches, schools, nonprofits, rotaries, golf tournaments. They can help you with their next event. Go to btsauctions.com. What was that? btsauctions.com Smooth, man. and they'll put that baby together for you and uh, it's really really time saving and it's really quality stuff and like I said you can contact btsauctions.com for gift ideas a lot of the stuff is already framed it's just pay and carry it away there you go that's right Boom. well we'll be back in just a moment huh Are you ready for a different point of view? Say, this is Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I'm here, as always, to answer your questions on stocks, bonds, mutual funds, what you should be doing with your retirement dollars. But, of course, you do have to give me a call at 952-925-5608. With much market volatility on the horizon, you're going to need some help. So give me a call at 952-925-5608. You always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice from me. Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. I'm here to help you personally set your portfolio to deal with this upcoming volatility. So make a point to give me a call for a no-cost, no-obligation, 48-minute review at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. Justice and the Suchere. Uh Body camera footage was played in court yesterday showing the partner of a former Minneapolis officer talking to a sergeant at the scene of the, poli- of the fatal police shooting in July, Justine uh, Demond, Damon. Mohammed Noor fatally shot Damon in an alley. We all know that. Uh, but they didn't have their cameras on. Noor's attorneys say he was protecting his partner and himself when he perceived to be a possible ambush. His partner never said anything to that effect that I'm aware of. Uh, Minneapolis Police Deputy Chief Catherine Waite also took the stand yesterday. She testified she didn't hear anything about an ambush. She didn't hear anything about a slap on the side of the squad car during the night of the shooting. She also said she had concerns about the way the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension was handling the investigation. 
Uh, Waite testified that she felt the body was left at the scene too long and should not have been covered by a sheet. Also, that the BCA should have impounded the squad car that Noor and Hannity had been riding in instead of examining at the scene. She was also concerned about the fact that the car was washed and placed back into service a short time later. Would that have been because that could have told whether there was a, a print on it, maybe? I'm guessing, Most yeah. likely. Uh, later in the afternoon, Sergeant Shannon Barnett took the stand for several hours. Prosecutors pumped Barnett, the incident commander, for explanations on her role and decisions she made. Jurors watched and heard part of what she did and didn't do because she admitted she intentionally turned on and off her body-worn camera several times, two of which occurred when she talked with the two officers involved, Nora and Hannity. Hmm. In hindsight, I probably should have activated, she said. No, no bleep, Barnett? You think you might have uh, kept that on? Barnett was also quizzed why she didn't gather required information from the scene and the officers, including their statements. She did not have a good answer and confirmed she left critical facts out of the incident report. When asked if she was hiding information, she replied no. Hmm. Also Tuesday, I found this surprising. This is yesterday. The judge ruled information about Noor's character and past behavior can be presented as evidence. Several key witnesses. Why was it not going to be allowed to? It early? wasn't going to be allowed initially. I don't know what's made that uh, come into play because he has a very interesting, uh, uh, however brief, history as a police officer. So that was off- obviously uh, brought up by the the defense that the past shouldn't have been brought up, right. correct? Okay. Yeah, and they initially, I think, were successful in, in getting that. Uh, I've already read, I think it was in the Star Tribune over the weekend, I've already read that uh, that this uh, trial is uh, uh, tainted, not tainted, uh, is Tarnished? is colored by race. That, uh, oh, God. That uh, because uh, Noor is uh, 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 an African-American, or well, actually he's an African, isn't he? But he became an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, because Noor's black... Uh, things will be seen differently, and, and there's uh, so you How know, so? uh, Nakimi wow. Levy weighed in. Mm. And uh, uh, if this had been a uh, uh, white officer shooting a black person, there would not have been this kind of uh, 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 attention, concern, paid? and attention for the victim, and uh, whatever. Uh, BS, yeah, I, I think, I think it would, would be, I, yeah. I think it would be more so, wouldn't yeah. it? Oh, no, God, no, yes. no, if a white officer had shot a black victim, yeah, contend- that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're contending, it would have been on CNN round the clock. Oh, well, okay, yeah. I'm just telling you what I read, and oh. then, so they're setting up the uh. They're setting up the probability of. Well, I don't think race should play a factor. I don't. Well, in I don't think it all. should either. But it's probably inevitable. Uh, it's probably inevitable that it that it that it will. Don't you think? Oh, it's just such an unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just awful. Mm-hmm. Especially given the fact that she's the one that called the police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that uh, the weather forecast for the uh, weekend. Mm-hmm. Is in the high 60s, maybe even the 70s. Oh, you're, I'm a, two wheels, baby. Well, that's two wheel weather. DennisKirk.com is your first and best choice for motorcycle parts, accessory, and apparel. They're located here in Minnesota. They have more than 160,000 products in stock ready to ship today. Doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you ride. They've got you covered, and they carry all the best brands Vance and Hines, Dunlop, SNS, Saddleman, Drag Specialties, Curiakin, to name just a few. $89 order ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmet and apparel products. So you walk in the house and she says, no, I don't like that. 
they'll they'll take it back. And uh, at Dennis Kirk, and they'll pay to take it back. DennisKirk.com. You order by 8 o'clock today and get it tomorrow. So uh, a little tip for you, and I don't know if you do this, Such, but there will be times when I'll order from Dennis Kirk, and uh, it'll come to $59. dollars hmm and I've got to get in on that free shipping. Everything over $89 mm-hmm. ships for free. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is the right thing to do, but I will go through the catalog and I will find something. Usually it's a VP gas can or some kind of wrench or tool. And I'll drive the price of my well, of order That's the right, right thing up to do. over $89. And what's even better uh, is it, it's it's on my doorstep the very next yeah. day. You get it in by You get the order in by 8 o'clock tonight. You got it tomorrow. Uh, I know this is a podcast. We have a tad bit of breaking news out of the University of St. Thomas. Kenny, are you seeing this via the Twitter from our our gal Julie? Uh, there was a bomb threat that was called into the University of St. Thomas. But, Rook, I know you have kids. It's it's good. They have uh, evacuated the campus. But apparently everything remains clear. They're reassessing the situation. They're evaluating uh, no suspicious objects have been discovered at this time. The campus is closed for business and all classes canceled for the day. Essential employees remain on campus. All other employees have been allowed to leave for the day. I would you suddenly be very you unessential. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I don't think I'm needed today. That bomb threat, I believe, was called into McNeely Hall. You know what's a bad job? To be the guy who has to look for the bomb. Yeah. That's a bad job. Well, they got robots now, don't well, they? Or is that entry level? That's hey, entry get level. Uh, call Jim the intern. He's got to go uh, third floor. But, man, what is going on today? What? Well, what? we had this. We had the case out in Colorado. Yeah, my, the my woman goodness. who was uh, obsessed with Columbine and apparently had amassed a, an armory of her own. Uh, one shotgun. Oh, I thought she developed yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, one well, shotgun. she's been found dead. An I don't, know, I don't know the reasons. And before she committed suicide, she was seen running through the woods with the gun mm-hmm. naked. Really? I also have breaking news, and I think you might find this fascinating, uh, Such. Um, You found a muskrat dinner. Hennepin Sheriff's deputies say the official ice out date could be as soon as this weekend for Lake Minnetonka. Really? They were. Want uh, me to get my sheet and tell you what dates are? Kenny, why did you. They broke out the airboat and they're out playing around on Lake Minnetonka today. How fun would that be? Okay, but ice out is when you can navigate shore to shore. Right. And they're, they're saying it could happen this weekend. Uh, which would be this? This is Wednesday, the seventeenth, eighteen ninety. Twentieth, twentieth through twenty-first. It'd be right in there. I'll have those d- dates for you tomorrow. Does um, does the ice that's left melt or sink? Sinks. I say it sinks. Uh, they've got the airboat out, and they're going from open water to ice to open water, and it's that green black ice. So yeah. you know, there's only a few days Why left. Why do you yeah. do that? Now we're going to get a thousand emails. Right. <laughs> like the ice melts. Okay, Brooke. <laughs> I used to think it's sunk. I know. Right. I got straightened out by the lake detective. <laughs> what do you think? There's ice down there from 1700. What is this? Mayday, mayday. Hello, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you. Over. We are sinking. We are sinking. Hello? This is the German Coast Guard. <laughs> we are sinking. We're sinking. What are you. Thinking about. 
I'll never, never tired. I don't get tired of that one. I never get tired of that one. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Uh, are we done? Uh, all right, gang. I think so. Yeah, you I go back we'll go to that crabby there. coffee shop up north. I got some muskrats to trap. Oh, <laughs> hey, bring back some musk, will you? I will. Bring back some musk. This was GL uh, 140. Officially called as 140 with the gavel, the mayor of Garage Logic. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Uh, a potential client contacted me earlier in the week. They want to know how can they advertise on the uh, GL podcast. It's super easy. Send us an email. Uh, rookie at garagelogic.com, glJoe at garagelogic.com. We've all got emails, crevers at garagelogic.com. It's very easy. And Don't we, forget Height. Height does oh have yeah. an email. John he got Hite, mad at me yesterday. Jay Height at uh, garagelogic.com. You'll get a hold of us. And it's a fun group to be part of. Our advertisers are very, very important to us, and uh, we have very loyal listeners. Garagelogic.com for all podcasts. Past, present, and future. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next time. Garage Logic, podcast version.